You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. Lord, I just invite your presence in a tangible way tonight. And uh, we ask that you reach out to our souls, that they would be filled with understanding, knowledge, truth from you, for you are truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So bring your truth tonight. We just give our minds and our hearts and our thoughts to you this evening. Um, Share with us, Lord. Give us some revelation. Give us some truths that we can walk in as your followers, as lovers of God. Uh, We know this is a small group tonight, but it's not the size of the group. It's, It's our hearts. You know, if our hearts are turned towards you to receive from you, and to live for you. And we want to do that. We want to live our lives to where we can, at the end of our lives, you'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. That we ran the course like Paul. We finished the course. We ran the race and completed it. And that's what we want to do. Help us to do that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, you got your Bible there? Okay. I got mine. Uh, tell you what, I, I had, this week it was really interesting because, you know, I used to, you know, pull out my many, many Bibles and look up the translations, and that's work, you know, looking up all the verses in the Bible. But when you've got your phone, now I don't know if, you know, what's the other phone? I, all I'm familiar with is iPhone. What's the other one? Android. So does Android allow you to just say, ask a question about the Bible, and it pops up where the verses are? Okay, that is the simplest way to do Bible study. Does everybody know that? Anybody not using, taking advantage of that? If you want to know where the Bible talks about angels, fallen angels being sent into hell and being chained and kept there, you just ask, and it'll tell you exactly where in the Bible where it says that. I mean, I mean, how easy is that? So the Word of God reveals, we're going to talk about spirit, soul, and body tonight. The Word of God reveals to us there are three parts to mankind. First Thessalonians 5.23 says... First Thessalonians five twenty three. It's acting up. Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy, and may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body, be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So we are made up of three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. I think everybody in here knows that. Uh, But let's remind ourselves that God also is made of three parts. Three persons. 
Many refer to him as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, Bob's stood up here and growing up in the Baptist church, he said what they believe is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. That's the way they interpret it, because they don't teach a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. But that might not be true. That's one of those things you can spit out the bones, okay? Go ahead. So, uh, yet, but you need to understand there's only one true God. We see in Genesis, God made man in his image. So it makes sense he would make man in three parts also. You buy that? He made us... He made us in his image. He's three parts. We're three parts. Man is called a human being. He is spirit, soul, and body. But it appears one part of our three parts, only one part, is human. The other two parts um, are not. Our body was originally formed by God from the dust of the earth. Now, you could say that because dust came from the ground, that he made us from dirt. But then you'd have to say, Adam was a dirty old man. So, which I don't believe he was. You could call it dirt, but then you'd have to call him that. So, the other two parts of our being are spiritual. Two-thirds of us are spiritual beings, spirit and soul, one-third being our body. So technically, we could say that we're a more spiritual being than we are a human being, right? Okay, but we're, we're not like angels. Angels live in a spiritual realm. They live in the kingdom of God because they have no body. They visit our world when on assignment from God. Whereas we live in our world physically and can visit the spiritual realm by faith and revelation from God. We'll talk more about that later. The Bible says God is spirit. That would mean all of God is spirit. And of course, you know, the Holy Spirit is spirit. Jesus Christ is spirit. One of the many differences between God and man is God is spirit, and like God is spirit, he is love. So it's not God has a spirit and God has love, but God is spirit and God is love. He is eternal. He has no beginning and he has no end. We have a spirit. And we have a soul, and they may be eternal, but they're unlike God. Our soul and spirit have a beginning because God created them. Some believe man's spirit died at the fall, and we will receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. God's spirit replaced our dead spirit. Some people believe that. But that does not explain Romans 8.16, where the spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So if the Spirit of God is bearing witness with our spirit, then our spirit must be still around. Now, whether our spirit died at the fall 
and maybe it still existed, but it was just a dead spirit. And it was resurrected when Jesus was resurrected. I don't know. That's possible. It sounds believable. Um, so maybe our spirits are resurrected with Jesus and are now and now just as good as the, in the garden variety. So maybe our spirits now are as the same or as good as when our spirits, when God breathed into man's nostril in the garden. You know, maybe it's the same. Um, let's put down our pens, um, you know, because everybody I'm sure is taking notes on this. Uh, I take notes, everything Bob says almost on in the services on Sunday. Of course, I need to in order to facilitate hub group. So I know, you know, what to share and, you know, ask questions about what Bob talked about. So I need to do that, but uh, we don't all do that. So, you know, if, if, I, if uh, I would like to take a picture, you know, make, uh, I would like you to picture something. So I would like you to visualize with me. So you're going to have to focus on me. And uh, except for Chris, he doesn't need to focus. He probably just got off work. <laughs> so, um, but I want you to picture, all right, look up, look up here, not at Chris, okay? I want you to picture me holding a boiled egg. Can you see it? Now, it's a boiled egg. And now I want you to cut this egg directly from the top to the bottom, cut it in half without breaking the shell. Can you do that? All right, well, just in your mind. This is all in your mind. Can you do it in your mind? Okay, can you see it? A half egg, boiled, with the, with the shell attached. Now I want you to look at it, okay? What do you see? You see in the middle, you see a yolk, and then on around the yolk, what do you see? Egg white. And then what's last? The shell, right. So the egg white is touching both the yolk and the shell. So, so think of it as the egg white is your soul. Your soul and your yolk is your spirit. And of course, the shell is your body. So your soul is touching both. It's, it's involved. It's, it's, it's being, uh, what, how did I put it? Next page. So because it represents your soul, it's touching the yoke and the shell or your spirit and your body. It can influence either or both at the same time. It can focus itself towards the things above, your spirit, and to your body. Actually, your body can be ruled by the spirit and the soul. Okay? They are supposed to work together, your spirit and your soul. The body is created of God and is precious. The body is not evil. Now, the flesh is evil, but the flesh is not the body. The spirit and flesh are opposites. Galatians 5, verses 13 through 18. 
You got that? Galatians 5, 13 through 18. If we are out of our minds in a blissful divine ecstasy, it is for God. But if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us, because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him, so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him, the one who died for us and now lives again. So then, from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Through 18? Yeah, 18. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciliation, others to God, reconciling others to God. That was Galatians oh. 5, 18. Oh, I was in 2 Corinthians. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Me, I guess. I should, I yeah, I'm, I'm responsible. It was good reading, oh, but that, that was, was like, good. It was, it was really good. good. It was talking about the body and stuff. Yep. All right. For we were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. For th- through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, which out... Watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, verse 16, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things you want to do. So you are led by the Spirit. You are not under the law if you are led by the Spirit. Now it goes on in verse 19. talks about the different works of the flesh. And you can read that. 5, Galatians 5, uh, verse 19 on. But uh, the point I want to make is that... The body is not the flesh, and the spirit, your spirit, and the Holy Spirit are opposed to the flesh, okay? They're like opposites. But your body, not being the flesh, is not bad. As a matter of fact, our bodies are going to be resurrected one day, all right? Jill's been reading about that, (laughs) so... All right. Um, then now, if a soul is not, if a soul is not saved, it will not be able to influence your spirit. Let's look at that in First Corinthians two. First Corinthians two. My thumb doesn't work. First Corinthians two. You got it. Twelve through fourteen. Okay. 
For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. And we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the spirit and not with the words taught by human wisdom. We join together spirit revealed truths with spirit revealed words. Is that right? Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. Okay. So we've not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God. Um, the key point to make here is the natural man will not accept or understand the things of the spirit. Their soul is dead to the things of God. So we're going to be talking a lot about your soul in just a second. But your soul, if it's dead, it can influence your spirit. Okay? I mean, it's, it's gone over to the dark side. All right, so let's look at our soul. It is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Everybody knows that. Your soul, mind, will, and emotions. Or you could say your thoughts, your decisions, and your passions. Of these three areas of our soul, I believe the most important is your will. Now, why would I believe that? I'm glad you asked. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. We don't need to look at it. Just towards the end of 1 Corinthians 13, it makes quite a statement. It says, there is faith, hope, and love, but the greatest is love. Okay. Well, all three are extremely important. Faith and hope are extremely important. So it would say that love was the most important. Well, the only... The only thing we need to do is look at the beginning of the chapter and find out why. It's the most important uh, because without it, without love, everything else is worthless. Okay? So the reason that I say that your will is more important than your mind, which is extremely important. I mean, how can you uh, receive the word without your mind? or your, your emotions, your passions. I mean, we need to have emotions and passions in our life. But your will is all important. The will involves making a choice. Your will, you choose to believe. You can't get saved if you don't believe. Right? So how important is it the ability to choose and make a decision? You choose, we choose to follow. We choose to hear and obey. We choose to think God's thoughts and to believe them. Let's read Romans 8, 6. Romans 8, 6. I got it. For to set the mind 
on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So setting your mind on anything is you controlling your thoughts. Can you see that? If we set our mind on anything at all, I mean, you're doing it. You're controlling it. Okay. If your soul, through your will, chooses to set your mind on the flesh, which it can, then it will produce death. Now, that word death there is not physical. It's spiritual death. It's a little more serious. So choosing to set your mind on the flesh will produce spiritual death. If your soul, through your will, chooses to set your mind on the spirit, it will produce life, God's life, eternal life. So being able to, and actually setting your mind on the things of the spirit, produces the God kind of life that we're looking for, that we want. The same life God breathed into Adam's nostrils. And don't forget God's peace. Making a decision to focus your mind on the things of God's spirit will bring a supernatural peace into your life. The kind of peace you experience while in God's presence. And how wonderful is that? It's, it's kind of like in the movie Finding Nemo, if you remember that. Everybody remember Finding Nemo? Yeah. Okay, when Dory and Nemo's dad found themselves with the big turtles swimming in the East Australian current, God's peace is like flowing effortlessly with a stream that's flowing through the ocean. It's just effortlessly. It's the peace of God that rules. Being on top of a huge top, on a huge top of a huge turtle. Well, that's optional. The more we choose to focus on the things above, the pull of the world will grow less and less. What is that song? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full into his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I don't know about you, But earthly things growing dimmer and dimmer and things of God growing brighter and brighter, that's where I want to be. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. That should be easy. Okay. If you have been raised with Christ, have you been raised with, with Christ? Okay, then this is us. If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. That sounds like a decision on our part. A decision to seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds, sounds like a decision again, set your minds on things that are above, not on things on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ 
in God. Since we are with Christ in the now, by faith, okay, we're in, the, in this, this very moment, in the now, we are with Christ by faith. Faith actually is more real than physical. We are supposed to seek and pursue the things that are above while we're there. So while we are there with Christ, we by faith should look around and see the things that we should be pursuing. I mean, while you're there, you might as well look around, right? Because we're there with Christ. So let's look around. And in verse 12 in Colossians 3 shares some of the things that we should grab while we're there. Okay. One of them is a compassionate heart. Definitely grab that. Okay, if you're in if you're in heaven and you're with in Christ and you're seat, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father and you're there with him and you look around and you see a passionate compassionate heart, by all means grab it. Okay? Don't leave it, take it. Just grab it. Okay, what about kindness and humility and patience? Okay? So I mean, let's look at that, verse 12. So you get the full gist of it. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and that if any has a complaint against another, forgive each other. It also says that we should grab uh, God's love. His love is there too. So the point is, you know, we're to have a, the mind of Christ. And so if we're with Christ and we have his mind, then we need to pursue by our souls, you know, and our desires, the things that God has for us. And so we should grab these things. We should grab kindness and humility, patience and love. Okay. <coughs> All right. So remember what Jesus said to Martha just before he raised Lazarus from the dead. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. <clears throat> he must be referring to everyone who believes spirit and soul. Okay, I've been talking about the body. This sounds similar to Colossians 3.3. 3. When I said earlier that, uh, we'll talk about that more later, this is it, Colossians 3.3. 3. So let's look at that. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I, would know, I know we believe this by faith, but in the spiritual world, hasn't this actually happened? You know, it's, it's happened. Actually, aren't the things above where Christ is more real than Christ is more real than things of the world, which He made the things above? Even though we, by faith, you know, are with Christ, 
the things above are more real because they're eternal versus the things of the earth, which are temporary. Things which are seen are temporary. Things which are unseen are eternal. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So by doing, I believe, by so doing, he's not, okay, here, where was I? When God says we are with Christ in heavenly places, he's not pretending. We should see ourselves there with our spirits, our minds, and our wills. By so doing, I believe we can help keep our bodies in check and discipline to carry out the Spirit's prompting to follow where he leads. Finally, I want to share something I believe deeply. Um, It's short. But we can have as much of God and as much of his presence, active presence, in our lives as we choose to. It's a choice. Think about that. I mean, I can have as much of God and his, his spirit and his presence as I choose to. When I leave here tonight, I'll go home. I'll get something to eat. And I'll probably turn on the TV. How about you? I actually already know what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to watch. Do you? No? Well, that's good. What would the Apostle Paul have done after he shared in a meeting a long time ago? Let's say he had a meeting like this. Had a few people around, and he shared. Okay. What would he have done after the meeting? He probably would have started discipling the new believers that just got saved in that meeting, right? And then maybe over a meal, he would begin discipling them because he's not going to waste any time, right? Or while walking with them, if if they don't have any food there, ready to eat after the meeting. Maybe he'll just walk with them to their homes, not wasting any time getting the word into them, building up their faith. Then, finally, when he would be alone, he would probably begin praying for each of the new believers by name and all the towns he administered in. Can you picture that? Can you see him doing that? Yeah. I believe Paul, by setting his mind on things above and then follow the Holy Spirit's promptings, was able to complete the race God had set out before him. And to end, I'd like to share a couple couple verses with you. First is... Proverbs, which we should know this by heart, but I'll read it anyway. Proverbs 5 and 6. Got it all memorized? Trust in the Lord. Well, think about it. Yeah, I know you've probably got it memorized, but think about it. Trust in the Lord 
with all your heart. So what is your heart? And that your heart's pretty much like your soul. Your heart, what's your mind? Heart is emotions, it's passion. So you can't, you can't totally interchange them with the soul, but it's pretty close, your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, that's all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. Three, five, and six. Yeah, three, five, and six. And the other verse I want to share with you is Psalms. Psalm 73, boy, look at that list, 73, 25 through 26. Whom, I, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Amen. Amen. So what did we learn tonight? We have the ability to control and direct our soul, our mind. We can choose what we spend our time thinking about, meditating on, uh, reading. And we also have the ability to choose not only what we think about and spend time with, but we can choose the different things in our lives. We can choose to think on things that are eternal, things that are heavenly, things that are eternal. And also we can have passion towards those things. We can get that from the Lord. If we focus our emotions, our feelings, our passions towards spiritual things, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to reward that. And when we're doing that, we're going to be pulling our bodies along for the ride. We can discipline our bodies to do the things of God. And so... That's what I wanted you to get out of the meeting tonight. Amen. So, Lord, we just thank you for uh, uh, this word. And I, I would really sincerely desire for all of us, Lord, to choose to spend time thinking about the things of eternity, things in heaven, realizing just where we are. We're in Christ, seated in heavenly places with him, and we're actually, we're actually there spiritually. We're spiritual beings. We have a right to be there, and we are there with him because he has made us righteous. We're not only right standing, but we're right being because you made us right being. And I thank you, Father. Thank you for this word. In Jesus' name.
and the authority of his name. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. 